a lot of bullying really within the last year. And I know it's been a, a issue long before a year, but really just seems like it's kind of picked up. And with that being said, Tasha, who is a, a self-esteem mentor, and she, you know, mentors, you know, young ladies on, on self-esteem, which bullying and self-esteem almost goes hand in hand. So, Tasha, if you could just please introduce yourself, and then we could introduce the guest. Okay. Hello, everyone. My name is Tasha Devon. I'm the founder of Positive Express, which is a young girls mentor and organization for building self-esteem located here in Houston, Texas. Awesome. Awesome. So, Tasha, let me ask you this. What is the statistic on, like, how many – give me a statistic on bullying. Like, how many people – is bullied? Is it being like over, over dramatized, overplayed, or is bullying really an issue? It is really an issue right now. Um, the statistics are showing fifty-seven percent of bullying is um, being occurred within uh, prevention of peers. Twenty-five uh, percent of it is school-based, and um, most of it is coming from the. Um, the high schoolers are doing a lot of the bullying and cyberbullying, which is 90%. Hmm. Now, recently, recently, I think, what, about a month ago, they had the young lady, I believe she committed suicide on um, from something having to do with Snapchat or something. Okay. Um, do you Did you read that story? And if you could tell us a little bit, what happened with that while we're waiting on um, Olivia to get back on the line? Okay, yes. Um, I did read that story. Um, what had happened, her friends had took a picture of her um, getting dressed while she was in the gym restroom, and she um, didn't know that they were going to be putting it out in the social media, which they did, and they put it on Snapchat. And she seen the video and kind of went into shutdown mode, and she went into the girls' restroom and hung herself. Mm. And this was what age group was this? It was in the teen area. I would say about because um, she was sixteen, so between thirteen and sixteen, you know, year olds is what is really occurring because a lot of them are doing social media, Snapchat, Instagram. Um, you know, all of the tweeting, and that's how a lot of the media start picking up on it because they're seeing so many of the issues with the kids passing the information or just talking about someone else. Um, it could be of the image, their self-image. Hmm. Well, I know from a from a discussion that we had not that long ago um, in high school. I would not have considered myself a bully, <laughs> but but apparently, apparently, my actions would have been considered bullying. If I didn't want to want to deal with people, I just I just didn't deal with them, and I kept my close friends um, kind of really guarded and close. So. If I didn't like somebody, if they weren't, like, in my circle and tried to 
you know, sit and eat lunch with us or something of that nature, then I'm not going to lie. I'm going to just be honest. I have thrown lettuce at people, gum at people, all of those things. And I didn't look at it as being as being a bully. I just looked at it as in I wanted to keep my circle small because I was going through other issues in high school, and I didn't want anyone else around. But and I didn't get in get in trouble for it or anything. And I don't know if that helped or hurt the situation. But you know, a lot of times we don't realize what we're doing. You know, I wouldn't like I said I would not have considered myself to to be a bully. So let me ask you ask you this, Hush, and then we'll talk to Shamaika and Miss Olivia. Um, what are some of the signs? Like, how do you know if you're a bully? Because if someone would have told me then I was a bully, I would not have. I would have told them no, no, I didn't think I was a bully. Right. Well, some of the signs of bullying it comes from um, from the. Uh, well, of course, social media, um, people talking about each other and not knowing that they are actually hurting that person's feelings, um, being rude, being mean, calling them out their names, um, just a repeat of action of doing something when you know that you're making them feel some type of way and you're getting away with it. Um, what else can come from bullying? Um let me see, isolation, you know, it, it can put a person into isolation when they're being bullied. They they have a shutdown, like, you know, they just close down from everybody. Um, they stop eating. The little kids, they start bedwetting. Um, what else? Um, Those are the signs of, of bullying, how to know if your child is being right. bullied. But, mm-hmm. um Okay, hold on one one second. Olivia, are you there? Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Yes. Awesome, awesome. So I want to go ahead, and me and Tasha will pick up later, but I want to go ahead and get Shamichael on the line so she can tell her her experience and her story of bullying because I didn't, if someone doesn't know her story, I want them to, to hear it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, oh, you wanted me to tell it now? <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Um, um, oh, I this is your Michael. Yeah, it's me. How you doing? I'm doing good. You're doing and good. Now, I'm doing good. And let me ask, so how, how old are you now? I'm a 19, about to be 20 next month. Okay. So this, your incident that you're going to tell us about happened, what, five years ago or four years ago? It happened in 2013, November 17th. Okay. Well, why don't you go ahead and and tell your story? So you have the floor. Go ahead. Okay. Well, um, on November 17th of 2013, uh, me and my friend, my supposedly friend, they had told me to come over to the apartment so I could get me and my sister's belongings. So as I was going, 
I noticed, like, I had seen her earlier that day in school, and she acted as if nothing was wrong. Like, we, just, she acted the same. So when after school, I got on the bus with her to go to her apartment complex, which was down the street from my neighborhood. I went thinking I'm going to get my belongings, and as we're walking and stuff like that, I noticed, a cra- like, it's just a crowd of kids following behind me, and I'm like, why is everybody following us, like, and nobody said anything. They just was like, everybody stays in the back. I'm like, okay. So we stopped, like, by a fence in some apartments, and uh, she started talking to me. What she was saying, I don't really remember. I remember she asked me if I had anything to tell her, and I said no. Like, what are you talking about? I have nothing to tell you. So she said something else after that, and then the girl that got me to come to the apartment, she called my name, and when I looked at her, Sharkeisha, she hit me while I wasn't looking. So I went down, and she just kept hitting me, and then next thing I know, I had got kicked in the eye. I, I was kicked. Everything after that was, like, black, and she was still hitting me for a little and so a woman came, and, you know, she broke it up, and she helped me get up and everything. And I was still trying to figure out what was going on. I couldn't see. Everything was still black. The lady was helping me up and putting me in the truck. And she, so she took me home. She had dropped me off at home. When I walked home, or when I got home, my sister asked, she seen my face. She was like, what happened? And I had told her. And so that's when she told my other sister. My other sister came out the room and seen my face. They both asked her, what happened to you? And I'm explaining. So then they called my mom, and they told her. And so she rushed to the house to see my face and everything. And it it was a really, it was a very hard thing to deal with because after that, like, it was, just it went viral within a day. Like everybody knew about it. It was all over social media. People had thought I killed myself. I couldn't go to school because I could not see out of my eye. I couldn't see at all. So I was out of school for like a week. Um, but when I went back to school everybody was still talking about it. It was really like I was still being bullied. I mean Everybody was talking about me on social media. People were on my Instagram. They were saying that's what you get, and it was it was really a lot of negative stuff. And it was some positive stuff, but mainly negative. And sometimes, still to this day, people you know they bring it up, and I'm like, why are you bringing something up that happened three years ago? You know. Yeah. But I was bullied. It was very it was a bad, very bad experience for me. Now, let me ask, so these girls, including the ones that hit you, see, uh, and I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be honest, like a lot of people have heard um, the Sharkeisha name because it became memes and um, and, and everything. And it's, right, it became like a running joke, but nobody... It was like just one of those things. And I remember hearing 
the, you know, seeing some of the memes, never really knowing, you know, thinking, oh, it was, you know, probably just another kid fight or, you know, something of that nature, not even really knowing that. And honestly, up until a couple of weeks ago, I didn't, I never saw the video. Mm-hmm. And I I saw it and I and I Googled and then it's like, uh, of course, a bunch of different um stuff came up, but it it literally it made my heart stop when I saw it. Ha, who who videoed it? Was it one of the girls that? It was, it was a lot of people recording it. Like it was so many people recording, so many people, and I was just like, y'all are supposed to be my friends, but I pretty much was set up. So so, so did you? I'm guessing you eventually went back to school afterwards. How long yeah, after I mean, did you go back to school? A week after, like after I could actually see out of my eyes because I couldn't see for like a week. I couldn't. Yeah, I went to school for a week, and then I left. Like I left Star Creek, and I just started doing homeschooling because I couldn't deal with everybody looking at me and talking about me and everybody was making fun of me and stuff. And so I decided to just leave public school and do homeschool. I was like, that's not the best option for me right now. So let me ask you this emotionally. um, Emotionally, what, what did you go through afterwards? Like immediately afterwards, what was the, the emotional effect of that? I was um, really, I got depressed and was really sad and just really hurt about the whole thing because I thought, I never thought that she would do something like that to me. The people that set me up, I never thought that any of them would do that. So it had me really depressed and hurt, and I was like, I can't trust anybody. So after that, I was just as if I, I didn't really talk to people. I kind of cut my circle very small. I cut a lot of people off. I stopped talking to people. I just isolated myself from the world pretty much after. And how how long, I mean, it's been almost three years. Are you still feeling that way? Are you still feeling like you have a hard time trusting people because of that? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I'm... I socialize with some people, but not a lot of people. I really keep my circle very small instead of having a big group of friends. I talk to, like, maybe three or four females, and that's it. Other than that, I don't really hang out with anybody. I don't go out with people. I kind of distance myself from everybody else. When when did you first become aware um, that it was posted to social media and became basically a, a a viral meme and a viral video. Like, when did you first become aware of that? Like, a day or two later, I've seen it all over social media. People were making jokes about it, and it was a lot of stuff I was reading. one point, people thought I committed suicide. I'm like, what? I didn't, oh, okay, I couldn't respond to it at the time, but in my mind, I'm like, I'm not dead. I'm in the house. I'm just, hmm. in the house. 
How long? How long were you guys friends before we were this actually, happened? We were friends for two years because when I first got to Side Creek, that's when I met her, and we were friends since then. Like we would hang out sometimes in school. Like we didn't really see each other in school, but when we did, we would hang out and stuff. So yeah, we were friends for about two years, and then did you? That happened. Did you ever find out what the what the reason was behind it, or was there ever any any explanation? Did you have a sit down and talk to her and say what was this really about? No, I never had a sit down with her because after that, um, after the whole depression phase and stuff, I was actually angry. I was like, oh my god! At one point, I wanted to seek revenge, but I did. And uh, I, I didn't, after that, I didn't want to sit down with her. I didn't want to talk to her and nothing. The first time I seen her was when I went back. The first day I went back to school, like, I went back to school. I was happy to see, like, some people and everything. And I guess she and the other girls, they thought I weren't going to come back to school. But I did. So she was shocked to see me. So she just got up and walked off. And I was like, Okay. But I never really found out the reason. I think it was over some Jolly Ranchers from a boy I, I ran into at Family Dollar when I was with my mom and my sister. And we seen, like, I seen him, and I asked my mom to buy me a bag of Jolly Ranchers, but she was like, no. So he, the guy, he was like, I'll just buy them for you. And I was like, okay. And that was it. Like, we didn't see each other after that. Uh, she was upset about it, I guess. Okay. Tasha, did you um, have any questions for Shamichael? Yes. Um, I kind of want to know, how do you feel now since it's been a couple of years and how are you handling it now? How would you tell someone else that's listening how to handle a situation like that? Well, um... Oh, Lord, that's a difficult question. How, how, I don't know. Um, I probably, if a group of people tell you to come to some apartments and you just get, and you get a bad feeling and you say something tells you not to go, trust me, do not go. I would, I suggest nobody goes if you get that gut feeling, not, and something is telling you not to go. But to deal with it, I think, the first thing I think a person should do is really just talk it out before it get goes that far at least. Be selective of people you hang out with. That's what I would say cuz I at the time I didn't I wasn't very selective. I just hung out with everybody. I was cool with everybody. I wasn't very selective of it. I'd be more observative about who I hang with. Be very careful who you call your friend because not everybody is your friend. Hmm. That's good. I like that. Everybody is not your friend. That is correct. Um, How do you feel now that it's over and done and how are you moving on in in your future? Um, How I feel about it now? 
I'm engaged now. I'm actually, I'm a mother. I'm happily engaged, about to be married. Um, I mean, I'm over it. I mean, don't get me wrong, I still have my days sometimes where I get upset about it, but, I mean, that's the past. I can't do anything about it. I can't go back and change it. It was just a learning lesson, a learning lesson. I know you said something about you went into depression. Did it also cause you to have, like, isolation from others? Yeah, it did. It did. Because I wasn't really trying to hang out with anybody. I really kept to myself. I wasn't talking to people or anything. I'm actually like that still to this very day. I don't really hang out with people. I don't go out at all. Like, I'm, I stay at home. I'm... A full-time mom, that's what I am. Okay. Did you, um, Shamichael, did you go to any kind of counseling afterwards? Yeah, I did. I did. I went for a couple of months, and then I stopped going. Was it, let me ask you, was it more of the fact that this, this video went viral, you think, put you more in like, you know, a depressed, you know, a depression or was it just the the incident period? It was both. It was both, honestly. So I I never thought that that would go that viral. I thought it was just going to like be over in a couple of days. People would stop talking about it in like a week or so. But no, it went viral. Like, oh my God. I was just, Embarrassed. I didn't want to show my face. People will believe a lie. Like, people always believe lies before the truth. So how do you handle it now? Like, if somebody came and said, hey, aren't you the girl from the video or, you know, something of of that nature, how do you handle it, like, if someone comes and asks you that, that question? Actually, a couple, sure people still do, mm-hmm. a couple people still do it. Um, I actually laugh about it for a moment. I, I laugh, like, because it'd be funny to me. Like, it's just funny to me. I laugh, and, but sometimes I do get, like, why are y'all keep asking me about this? That's the past. Can y'all just let it go, leave it in past? But... Somebody, I mean, sometimes I just laugh and be like, yeah, that was me. It was three years ago, almost three years ago at least. So, you know, it don't really bother me anymore. Okay. Well, if you can go ahead and put your mom on the line, and I'm sure we'll have, you know, questions for you later, but if you could go ahead and get your mom on the line, that would be great. Guys, thank you so much for listening. This is um, a special DYS Surviving Bullying. If you have any questions, you can post, you can inbox them to me directly. This is Valencia Griffin-Wallace, your host. Or you can put them in the pin post where it says questions. Because because of the topic and respect for our guests, like I posted earlier, I will not be opening it up for questions on the line, but your questions will be addressed if they're appropriate. So, Miss Olivia, are you on the line? Uh, yes, I am. I'm here. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you guys doing? 
Good, good. So what was your, when did you first hear of what happened to your daughter? Well, like you said, she actually, uh, the lady, to this day, I still don't know who the lady was that brought your Michael home from those apartments. And I'll forever be grateful that she did. But uh, my daughter, one of my oldest daughters, called me to tell me that she, Michael had been jumped on. And I'm like, send me a picture. Because, you know, sometimes when your kids say stuff, you'd be like, really? So that particular day, I told them to send me a picture. And she did. And I was like, uh, did y'all call the police? And they were like, uh, they had, in fact, called the police and the paramedics to come to the house. Uh, and by the time I turned around from where I was going, they... Uh, the police had got there and the uh, paramedics had got there and Shemich- uh, they were seeing to Michael, And uh, so that's when she went to explain to me and the officers what had happened, that she went around the corner to the apartment to get her and her sister belongings, and she was jumped. Hmm. And it's so crazy because prior to this incident, the young lady said, uh, Sharkeisha and the other young lady that lured her over there, they were just had, they were just at our house that weekend. I had just dropped all of them off at, at the mall to hang out together and everything. I had took the girl Sharkeisha home when they came from the mall. So that's why I was just so, you know, surprising that that individual would do that because she was just in my home that weekend before. Hmm. Did you... Did you see that? Did you? Well, I'm sure you did. But what? What was your reaction when you saw the video? Because I'm sure that that brought it to a whole funny. other level. Yeah. See the video when Shemichael first told me about the video. I didn't watch it right off. Right. I was like, mm-hmm. Oh, don't worry about it. You know, um, it'll blow over. That was my that was my thing. So she said, No, mom, it's a video and beat King this. Rapper, uh, I guess like a Houston rapper or whatever he is, he had made a song about it, right? Joking about it. And then wow. she was like, um, Kevin Hart was talking about it. He was making jokes about it. Kevin Hart was. So I was like, okay, yeah, so like I said, then he goes back on air to, uh, I guess, you know, to say he had nothing to do with it. But I'm going to tell you, it was so funny because I watched that video and I was like just appalled. I really was like taken. Because to see that, you know, you're saying why nobody stopped it. But the thing about it, I thought that it would blow over, but it didn't. And it, and what made me speak out about the video is because it just kept coming up and coming up and coming up on my news feed, right? Everybody's sharing it. Everybody's posting it. So it, it posted on the uh, play brother of mine in Louisiana's page. He posted it. And I inboxed him, and I asked him, I said, could you kindly take that video off your page? That's my daughter. And when I told him which daughter, he was like, no, that can't be. He was like, really? So he took it down. And at that point, that's when I got so mad because I was tired of everybody posting it. I made a post on Facebook, and I said, you guys are passing this video around like y'all passing a plate of food, but that's my daughter being assaulted on that video. And at that moment, it came, the video and, and everything came to life. At that moment, I had put a person, you know, with that video because at this time, when that video came out, that's when World Star uh, was posting. The kids were posting all these fight. Everybody was posting fight videos. You know, that was a thing in 2013, posting fight videos. That was like the trending thing. But when I came forth and I said, that is my child on this video, all of a sudden it went from, uh, majority went from, you know, the posting them to, 
they were behind us. You know, they were with us against the bullying. But for the most part, at that moment, I'm looking like, well, y'all, everybody was posting this video like it was funny. Like, you know, it's, y'all, I'm trying to understand it to this day. I still try to understand what fun did, do people get out of watching a video of somebody being beat? Because, like I said, that was my child in that video, just like on the videos people look at still to this day. That's somebody's daughter. That's somebody's son. You know, what's funny about watching an individual be beaten? I, I still don't get that. What amusement would a person find in it? But then I realized it's amusement to other people when it's not their child, when it's not their niece, when it's not their granddaughter. You know, it's amusing to other people until it happens to you. Then it's not funny anymore. Agreed. Agreed. I started, because like you said, around that time, 2013, 2014, it seemed like every other you know, it, it's so many people, it's just like fight video, fight video, fight video. It was video. a fight video. That's all. And to me, I think, well, for the most part, from talking, uh, the little briefing that I got from the detective with Sharkeisha, uh, that was the thing, you know, I guess the popularity of having that video posted, you know, wanting to be popular and the fact that, uh, like Shamika said, the, the little guy that bought the candy for her and come to find out she liked it him and she said mm-hmm. she felt betrayed that she would even talk to him and accept something. I'm like, over a bag of candy, you know, and the thing about the young man was like, he didn't even know her like that. So I'm feeling like over a bag of candy, really? And it just shows you the level that young girls, you know, they get so caught up with the wrong thing. Like, you're liking a boy that doesn't like you. You're willing to go to jail behind somebody that doesn't even know you. You know, and and that's the sad part because in the end she ended up going to jail. You know, and I didn't see. Yeah, you know, it wasn't worth it. But and I had to do so much for justice, as I call justice, to be served. With I still say it wasn't fully served because I feel if I take you, me and you go to a bank, and I drive you to that bank knowingly that you're going to rob that bank, I am called an accessory, right or wrong. Right. If that individual that convinced Shamika got her to come over there, lured her over there because she knew Sharkeisha was going to jump on her that day, but she, the other girl lured her over there because she knew what was going to happen to Shamika, she too was an accessory. And I feel she too should have been held accountable, but she wasn't. And I had to do so much and had to have, I had to have family, friends from Shreveport, Louisiana, actually to call the DA's office. They blew that phone up from the time that office opened until they made the detective get off another case to work the case with Shamika and Sharkeisha. So it wasn't easy, you know, because they were going to just let it just blow over. But to me, that was something that I just couldn't let blow over. Hmm. And that's a that's a, a good point that you make because, when we look at, you know, like I said recently with the young lady who committed suicide, um, if there's no consequence, then it's not going to stop. And if, you know, so the that's the the whole point of it. Like I don't know if they've changed laws or to where it's more serious, you get in more trouble for bullying or not. I know you have an organization that you started. If you could tell us a little bit about about your organization. Uh, well, uh, yes, yeah, actually it's called uh, HAVE, Healing After Being Bullied. 
it used to be called uh, being, bullying is now, but then I got to thinking, you know, it's healing after you've been bullied, and a lot of kids don't realize that. And I started that uh, because of Shamichael and because as I was doing the TV interviews, uh, you know, and things and speaking to people, it was so many kids in my inbox just thanking me and asking what can they do, what can their mom do about a person that's, that's bullying them. Uh, so, you know, I was trying to get, you know, re- really help the kids on that standpoint. So that's why I started that because some kids need to know that after you go through something, you can still heal from it, that you don't have to stay in that place of being hurt. You don't have to stay a victim. You know, you have to hold your head up and still say, okay, yes, this happened to me, but I'm bigger and better because at the end of the day, I looked at Every child needs help, whether it's the adult or the child. You have to ask yourself, what makes a child bully another child? What makes the person become a bully? And, you know, for a long time I was mad at Sharkeisha about that. But then I had to ask myself, what's going on with her? You know, and, and later as things unwinded, I found out I never met Sharkeisha's mom. Her mom told the detective to take her to jail. Her mom said she didn't want to be bothered with her. So that told me Sharkeisha was an angry young girl living in a house that mom didn't show her any attention. So that one was stress on her. She didn't have anybody to talk to. So her outlet was to be a bully. You know, so we, healing after being bullied is like helping the victim and the person that's doing it, not just so much as the victim. Hmm. And, you know, with you, with you saying that, like I said, I didn't, you know, when we – talked on the phone a while ago, and earlier in the show I said, I did not look at myself as being a bully. And it wasn't until after I graduated high school and I have had a conversation with a girl I went to high school with that she um, told me that she thought I was mean in school and I was a bully. And I was floored. I was like, what? I wasn't a bully. I just didn't want to be bothered. But I was angry in high school, and I was, um, I, to me, I didn't look at myself as being a bully because I didn't set out in, like, you know, to bully or make one person's life miserable, you know. So it was more that I had two friends, and my two friends who I was really close with, I didn't want them having other friends. And, of course, now as an adult, that doesn't make sense. But in my high school mind, it made sense. I didn't want anybody else around us because I was angry. I had a lot of personal issues going on, and they they knew that. And so other people coming around, that was like inviting other people into my business. So if you came around, I made you not want to come around. You know, I still re- remember things I did. But I didn't look at at the time that I was mean or or a bully, and I think a lot of times we we don't see those behaviors that are bullying. Exactly. And um, yeah, go ahead. Not to cut you off. It, it was a young lady in my inbox a while back. I grew up with, and she actually was a bully when I was in school, and she actually was inboxing me to apologize for being a bully. And her reason hmm. uh, was because she was going through things of abuse, uh, and so she was angry. 
And so, you know, and that's crazy because we, we never know what another person, as I say, is going through, and they don't have an outlet. They don't have anybody to help them. So they bring that anger from home to wherever they are, whether that be the workplace, school, they bring that anger and that build up to wherever, and it's like a, a pressure cooker. You know, once you cover it up, it's going gonna, it's gonna to start whistling after so long, and they say pressure busts a pipe, and that's true. Because you can, a person can only take so much in before they have to let it out. Mm-hmm. And a and a lot of times, you know, that's one of my favorite sayings: "Pressure bust pipes." And I know I didn't wait on the pressure to bust the pipe; I just let it go little by little. I mean, some of my behavior in high school, you know, like I said, hindsight is twenty twenty. You know, I can't go back and undo what I've done and honestly never even thought, never even had a second thought about it then or even really now until, you know, my son's 19 now. But, you know, as he got in school and, you know, I raised him a certain way, but I remember asking him different questions, you know, are you – being uh, bullied, anybody messing with you at school and so on and so forth, just because my my son has a different nature than me. And I I remember just different things growing up. When I moved, uh, first moved back to Louisiana from California, I had a very, very strong, proper California accent. And I remember people making fun of my accent, but my reaction was I just fought them. So I didn't even look at that as that I was being bullied. I looked at it as somebody said something, you know, off the wall or whatever, something I didn't like, and I hit them. And when truthfully now, I, that would, I guess, technically be considered bullying. So mm-hmm. um, let me, Tasha, you, do you have any any questions or anything you would like to add? Yes, I want to ask Olivia, um, have you ever considered yourself as a bully or have you been bullied? I, I was bullied. Um, actually, growing up, um, a girl that was my friend, and it's funny that when Shamika said it, uh, a girl that was my friend. And um, I lived in Kansas City, Missouri, and um, we went to school together, and she was like, my, I considered her my best friend, too. And she would be nice to me. And then one day at school, I noticed she would always change. And she would pick on me and make fun of me. And I was like, I couldn't believe this. And would push me down and pull my hair. And, you know, it was crazy because I considered her to be a friend. And that's just like you're saying um, when you came from California. Later on, when my mom moved us from Kansas City, Missouri, back to Louisiana, I had an accent. And... The girls picked on me because of my accent, and they they just used to, oh, my God. I, and this was like my eighth grade year. I was just like, really, why is this girl messing with me? And it was always this one particular girl that would just constantly pick, pick, pick. And one day when we got on the school bus, my sister uh, was like, you're going to have to fight her for her to not bother you. And I'm like, I'm scared. I don't want to fight. You know, I had, ne- mm-hmm. I had never had a fight. So, I'm like, I don't want to fight. And my sister was like, she's going to keep picking on you until you, you know, fight her. And I'm like, no, because this girl's like, bigger than me for one. And I'm not trying to get beat up. 
so it it got to the point where we got on the school bus, and uh, I really was not trying to fight that day, but she got on the bus, and she pulled my hair, and she pushed me in the back of the head, and I got so mad. I just remember my mom always used to say, if you're going to hit somebody first, you better make your first lick your best lick and your hardest, and I just hit her ball to my fist, and I hit that girl so hard, and everybody was yelling, fight, 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 and we were, like, fighting in this little space on this school bus, and I remember the back door of the school bus opening, and my sister came in, and instantly she was hitting the girl, like, so it was like both of us hitting the girl, and it was just so crazy, because after that, I didn't have any more problems out of her. And it was, like, just crazy because I'm, like, you're picking on me because of an accent. And that was the craziest thing to me because the things people used to tease me behind, clothes, you know, the war I wore, the shoes I wore because I didn't dress like everybody or, you know, I didn't have the same things that others have. And it's just like this day and age, the way the kids pick on other kids. You know, if they don't dress a certain way, if they don't have Jordans and you know, they, they make it into materialistic stuff, like you're no better than them if you're not wearing a brand, somebody else's name. That makes you not, not a good person because you don't wear Jordans or you don't wear polo. You know, I, I might not, you know, I might can't afford that, but my, does my clothes not make it, you know, even better or my shoes? At the end of the day, both of the pair of shoes going to wear out and you can't wear those Jordans forever. Your feet going to outgrow them. So, I don't understand the concept this day and age. You know, it's just crazy. I think a lot of times um, that certain certain things that happen when, you know, in a child mind, when you're a child, you think like a child. And my son was, was never bullied, and he was never a bully because I stressed both to him. To me, both of them were, you know, neither situation was acceptable. And so we never had those issues. And I just remember that just being a concern of mine just because, like I said, he has such a different nature from me. And growing up, I was always the fighter, always tough, you know. And and a lot of times we could spot... Um, but it came from not not that people didn't say different things about me, but I handled things differently. Because my, in my household, and I'm sure a lot of the call listeners can relate, you know, if, if I went home crying about somebody hit me, I would get in trouble. Um, you know, so that never happened. I wouldn't get in trouble coming home and say and saying, you know, Ma, I got in a fight or if I did, it was her question would always be, Well, did you win? So that's I don't know if because of that you know, that thing about me that let you know, let you know if you hit me I'm gonna hit you back type thing. Like um yeah, you can hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know if if that is the the thing that people say, okay, no, I'm not going to bully her or no, I'm not going to try her, do you think with bullying it's more of somebody picking on someone they perceive as, quote, unquote, weak? I don't even think it's that. Sometimes I think is that person is uh, more so, 
I would say jealous of the individual sometimes because sometimes, mm-hmm. for instance, it might be somebody that's good in math and they're not good in math, and they're not picking on them because of that. They're really picking on them because they're envious and jealous of your ability to do something that they can't. You know, you you know, you might not be that very loud person, you know, or that person that you know, you might be that person that people just naturally cling to, and because they naturally cling to you, another person is mad behind it. You know. So sometimes I don't think they look at it as a person being weak because, you know, you can't always underestimate a person. You know, just because a person is quiet, you know, that doesn't mean that person won't fight, you know, or won't speak up for themselves. You know, uh, I have a daughter that's like that. She's quiet, but she will, her voice will, she will let you know that she has a voice. You know, uh, my son was bullied. You know, I took him out of school for that. And so... He's he's a quiet one. He doesn't speak up himself. And as I say, my daughter that does, just looking at her, you would think, mm, she's not going to do nothing. You know, she's, no, but she's really the person that will stand up for you, will speak out, you know, against another person being picked on. She's not one to just stand by and watch everybody, you know, laugh and try to humiliate somebody. She's going to speak up. Did you... Um did you talk to, did you get a chance to talk to the, to the young lady's mom or, or parents since this situation No, with your daughter? I, well, no, I've never spoken to Sharkeisha's mom. Sharkeisha's mom never reached out to me. Um, they, uh, when, when it was all said and done, Sharkeisha was uh, court ordered to, it was a restraining order. She had to stay away from our home in Shamichael. She was supposed to do a letter of apology. Uh, she was supposed to take anger management classes, and she was put on probation. And my whole thing was a letter of apology, I feel, comes from a person when they're really remorseful, you know, about what they did. I don't want you to write a letter of apology because they're telling you, you know, that this is what you right. have to do. I, I feel you should write it because you know what you did was wrong, and you should want to apologize, you know, for your actions of what you did. But that leads us to say that letter never came, so that tells me, she it didn't bother her, you know. She felt like, you know, hey, I became an overnight sensation, Facebook famous. So to her, that was good enough for her. Mm. Tasha, you have any um any questions? Yes, I have one more question. Um, as far as you being an advocate for bullying, Olivia, um, do you see many situations where there's suicidal is a high rate with between um coming after a bullying? Actually, now. Uh, it is, and and what I'm seeing is, as you were saying earlier, cyberbullying, because it's easy to go on the Internet. It's easy to go on Facebook and go into somebody's inbox. It's easy to post lies. You know, you can they post all kind of stuff now on Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat. You know, it's easy to go on there and make this video, and whether it's the truth or a lie, people are going to believe either or. But as Shemika say, a lie is always quicker to believe than the truth. They'll rather believe something that you make up and tell on a person. So these young ladies are getting to the point where if it's constantly coming to Facebook and social media and then they're texting you and they're inboxing you, you know, it, it gets overwhelming. And who can I tell? What's going to be done? Because once it hits the Internet, it can't come off, you know. Hmm. That video of Shamichael is forever out there. You get what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. it, it, it it won't come off. So no matter what she tells, what story, you know, and, and the truth is being told, people will always believe the lie because they'll rather believe a lie before the truth. 
And it's sad because our young kids are killing themselves now because they're getting to this place where it, it's so much as, it's not so much as the bullying, it's the fact that it is on the Internet. And they, it cannot come down. And people are, are steady saying don't worry about it. But it's easy to say don't worry about it when it's not you on there. And it's easy, you know, to say it's going to be okay. But how can it be okay when nobody can get this video of, you know, nobody can take this down? Nobody. Hmm. So, you know, what else am I to do? What else can there be done? I'm, I'm up against the wall. My mom can't help me. My dad can't help me. The police can't help me. What else is there to do? They kill themselves because they feel like there's nothing else to do. They, they feel like there's no help. It's nobody going to come and defend them. It's nothing to be done. So they feel like they're in this place of where it's be, I'm better off dead. And like Shamika said, they were even saying she was dead. I'm like, that is, who would wish that she died? And Lord forbid my child had taken her life. Believe it or not, we probably would have heard 50 stories behind the fact that she took her life other than the the real reason. Right. Wow. That That's that's so true because once it's out there, and like I said, um, I had never watched the video up until, and this was after, after we talked, so maybe two weeks ago or maybe right before we talked. And um, it, it sickened me. And maybe because, you know, I knew the show was coming up. Like I said, I don't watch those videos because having a child, a young man, you know, around that age, when I watch the videos, and I think if everybody did this, when you watch those videos and share it, picture, put yourself in the mind as if that was your child, your your niece, your nephew on the on the other end. And because whenever I would see a video, and eventually I just started deleting people. If they posted or shared fight videos, I just started deleting people because you go through through those emotions. To me, that's almost like inhumane. You know, if you wouldn't show like an animal being abused and share that around for, you know, why would you show another person getting hurt? And... Like I said, when I watched the video, you know, it, it did something to me. Video is a is a powerful thing, and I couldn't imagine being, you know, Shamichael or being put in your place as the mom because I know a certain amount of anger. You know, it's one thing for your child to tell you, Mom, I got jumped. It's a whole other thing to see it. Mm-hmm. So how did you how did you deal with that that anger that that immediate anger that I know had to come when you saw the saw the video and knew it was viral and all over the place? Like how did you uh-huh. get over that anger? I, I had to put myself now. Believe me, my my kids still say to this day they said I'm soft. They were like, Mom, you changed. You're soft. Cause the old me would have went to Sharkeisha Mama house literally and. <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie, I would have got a charge. But then something told me I had to pray about it, and then it's like God said, they have to hear me in a different way as a parent. And I'm not going to be funny, but sometimes black parents, we go to the extreme. We get to hooping and hollering and cursing, and nobody's going to take us serious. Because had I went around and did that, I would have been a black mother acting crazy, jumping on a minor, going to jail. Then they would not have heard my story as to why. I was so mad. They wouldn't have cared. 
So I had to use my mind and use my, you know, thing as if what would another person do? So I decided to do as anybody else, you know, would tell me, calm down. Do it the professional way. Let let the let the justice system roll, you know. So I had to put my anger to a, a side because if I wanted justice to be served, I couldn't be an angry mom. I had hmm. to be a mom that was willing to have reason and be rational about the entire situation because at the end of the day, my child was hurt. And, and to see your child hurt, no parent wants to see that. And all you can tell them is, trust me, and mom's going to make it better. So I had to ask my child to trust me to make it better. What what advice would you give to a child, you know, that inboxed you and said, I'm being bullied at school? What what would uh, what do they need to do if they're being bullied? First off, I tell them to uh I tell them to tell their mom cuz a lot of kids believe it or not don't tell their parents. Um I tell them to tell the parents. I tell them to go to the principal. I, I bypass the counselor, and I bypass the counselor for a reason because the counselor is just that. They're going to counsel you. I go to. I tell them to go to their principal and sit down and tell their principal the full details on what's going on. Every school has a bullying policy that they must go by. I mean, they must. Now, some schools have them. That don't mean they go by them. I'm just going to be real. They have them because the law states they have to have them. And I tell them, you know, once you go to your principal and if nothing is done, then that's when you have to have your parents get involved and take it a step further. Also, you have to let the teachers know. And the reason I say go to the principal, because you can tell, the children can tell their teachers all day long that they're being bullied. We have a lot of teachers that's like, eh, okay, I'll see about it, but don't really do anything. They don't try to keep those that child safe. You know, because at the end of the day, some teachers are looking like it's not really my job, even though it's my job. That's more added to it. So I say go to the principal because the principal has the authority to let this teacher know this is what's going on. If you see this going on in the classroom, you need to let me or someone else know so it can be taken care of. And also I tell them not to be afraid, you know, and not to be timid and not to be made to feel that they have to be quiet. You know, I encourage them, speak up. Because a lot of times when you stand up against a bully and in front of people, they tend to back down too because they don't like to be embarrassed. They get more pleasure out of being the, you know, getting you into a little smaller group or trying to embarrass you among a certain amount of people. But once you stand up and you speak out against them, that says, hey, I'm not going to let you do this to me. You're not going to talk to me any kind of way. I'm not going to let you scare me anymore. What what advice would you give to a parent who's, who suspects, like they don't know, but they, they suspect their child is being bullied? Uh, I tell parents they need to do pop-ups. Uh, this day and age, in general, parents don't like to do pop-ups anymore. And believe it or not, it doesn't matter if your kid's in high school, pop-ups, pop-ups. See what they're doing. See what they're up to. Uh, talk to them because, you know, if your child will come home from school and you say, hey, how was school? They'll say, fine. All day long they've been picked on. But how would you know that if you don't have that open line of communication, you know, with them? If you 
me, I used to be the pop-up queen. I used to pop up so much to the kids. I'd be like, they'll tell my kids I'm at the school before my kids didn't see me. Your mom's up here. You know? And so it was funny mm-hmm. because, believe it or not, when the kids start seeing that you come to the school, they start snitching on your kids. Like, before I could even get to my kids, somebody would be like, you coming up here for so-and-so, huh? I'd be like, what she did? And they'll tell it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So when you become a pop-up mom, and kids see that you're that type of parent that, that comes to check on their child, other kids are going to tell it. They're going to tell if somebody is messing with them. They're going to tell if your kids are being – they're going to tell on your kids and anybody else that's messing with your kids. But that's only if you become a parent that comes up to see about their child. A lot of parents don't like to do a parent-teacher association. No, they don't want to be a PTA mom. That takes too much out of their time. But believe it or not, being that is like the best thing you could do because it gets you more in tune with what your kids is doing. It lets your child know that, hey, my mom's concerned or dad's concerned about what I'm doing. They might not like it, but it actually puts you in a, in a spot to where other kids might come to you if they're having a problem, and you never know who you might be able to help. Hmm. Tasha, do you have any questions? Um, no, that's, I don't have any more questions about the bullying. Okay. So in, in your organization, um, you counsel kids or what, what exactly, how do you help kids or, or people heal after bullying? Uh, one thing is we, uh, we try to get them together because you, you don't want them to be alienated. You want to get kids together that's from different walks of life that they can relate to other kids. You want to get them together where they can socialize, you know, hang out together, meet other kids that might have been bullied like them, you know, and build a friendship. You know, sometimes being different is not strange, but just being involved with other kids, doing other things is a a big help. You know, you kind of want to ask them, you know, hey, how's your day going? Because sometimes they don't want to open up to their parents. They might want to say, hey, you know, I did this at school or this made me sick. But just getting them to be open to being out and about and interacting with other kids, just, you know, just that little group fun, something that they might not get that much. They might not have those friends to hang out with because they feel like they're not with the it crowd. Hmm. And and building self-esteem, which is Tasha could, could yes. speak about. Because um, self-esteem, yes, because she's teaching them as well that, you know, hey, so what you're different, that you're still beautiful. You know, don't don't let a person define you. Don't let a person tell you because you don't look like this or you're not this size that you're not better than them. So, you know, it all works together. So, Tasha, mm-hmm. um, how would you help someone build their self-esteem back what are what are three tips you have for building building your self esteem back after dealing with bullying or any other issue thing that may come up from that? Well, three steps that I would tell them to take is first to recognize who they are, what they're worth, and surround themselves with positive people. If you can't surround yourself with positive people, um, it won't it won't shift you into getting to be a better person. So in in other words, being bullied 
it pretty much is it isolates you. So you don't want to be in isolation where it brings down your confidence. You want to be confident at all times about yourself. So don't allow others to bring you to to a point to where you don't love yourself no more. So start telling yourself I am's in the morning. Start looking in the mirror. Start telling yourself you are beautiful. You are confident. You know, you can do things um, through Christ. Like, you know, get to know the word and just motivate themselves as well as the ones that are around them. Mm-hmm. Agreed, agreed. I know, um, I don't know, you know, because like I said, now and here recently, I've really been thinking about how did my actions in high school that I didn't think twice about, how did that, you know, did that carry over and affect these people as adults or how did it affect them after high school or so on and so forth? And I And I've thought about that. And, you know, it's something that I had to forgive myself for and say, you know, Valencia, you were in high school. You know, it wasn't right, but you can't go and undo it. But even as adults, I think a lot of times people want to isolate bullying to just being a kid issue. But you also see it in in the workplace. Or just in, in in families, you see it in, in adult situations, you know, to where one coworker, um, everybody's talking about that one coworker, or, you know, even if you're in college or something of that nature, people still tend to carry bullying behavior long past, um, you know, childhood. So, Olivia, you... Have you experienced that or seen that, or can you, you know, touch on that, quote, unquote, adult bullying? Um, it, so much is into the workplace because it's actually in the workplace a lot uh, where you have that person that's uh, your supervisor and uses their position to, you know, threaten you to make you feel like, you know, you have to do this or your job is on the line even though it's not true. But, yes, uh that's common where, you know, you have a person of authority, you know, and they feel like that they can talk to you any kind of way and treat you any kind of way, and that's not true. You know, the same thing applies to uh, kids in school. It applies to the workplace. And even so much as in the house, you know, you don't ever allow a person to talk to you any kind of way. You know what I'm saying? Not, not at all. It doesn't matter. Nobody has the right to talk to you any kind of way. Nobody has the right to uh, put you down and, you know, uh, try to lower your self-esteem. And, you, you know, nobody has that right, but you do have those people, like I say, that's in the workplace that will try to use their position to do that. And that's when you say, you know, hey, uh, I'm not going to tolerate this, or you go to their supervisor because, believe me, everybody has a supervisor. I'm one of those people that bypass my supervisor to go to their supervisor. Mm-hmm. I, I remember in my early 20s I worked at this one particular place, and my supervisor at the time was one of those, if you weren't friends with her, you, whatever happened to you just happened. And being friends with her kind of meant, you know, that networking or socializing after work and being part of that little clique. Because a lot of times work is just a bigger, older version of high school. Mm-hmm. And so um, I just so happened to hang out with her at times, but I did notice the difference between how I was treated versus how 
people that weren't in her quote-unquote circle were treated. You know, and like I said, in the midst of the situation, you don't always look at it, but as you get older, you start looking at things different ways. And then even the cliques that we have at, at work, at that time, you know, it had, you know, cliques of, of girls that would, you know, find a particular person that they didn't, one of them didn't care for, and all of them would talk just loud enough for, not loud enough for them um, to get in trouble at work, but loud enough for, you know, somebody to hear them. And that is bullying. That mm-hmm. is bullying. And, mm-hmm. you know, definitely if you're dealing with that type of situation at work, mess, as we call it, as adults we'll call it mess, but really it's bullying. If you're dealing with that type of situation, then somebody needs to know because, you know, we see a lot of workplace violence on the news and then we'll read into, oh, this person was alienated at work or so on and so forth. So that shows you bullying does extend past grade school ages. So as a what how how do you know if you are if your behavior is would be considered bullying? Like what are some of those behaviors that are bullying, um, Olivia? Like what what's uh-huh. a bully? To me, a bully is a person that's uh, always loud and try to put you down in front of others to make their self look good. Um, also, a bully is a person that feels that they are better than you because they have some things maybe that you don't have. Uh, or a bully could actually be, you know, a, a family member or so because you're, uh, uh, you know, for instance, you might be a size 6. <laughs> I might be a size 16. You know, and they might feel like because you're a six and I'm a 16, you know, that you're better than that individual. You know, a bully could be anybody that, you know, basically puts themselves as to be superior than you, that that who you are is not important. They make themselves seem that they're more important to you than you. Hmm. Interesting. If anyone have any questions, you could inbox them or post them on the pinned post also. Um, so if Shamika is still around, I would love to get her back on the line real quick. Hold on one second. Thank you. Okay, she's here. Hi, Shamika. <laughs> Welcome back. Um, I just wanted to take this time out to thank you so much for sharing your story. I'm sure at this point um, you probably shared it a million and one times, but I think a lot of times, we see people see the videos and they share the videos, not ever putting a name or a face behind the video. So I just wanted to thank you so much for that and to see if you had anything you wanted to add or say to the listening audience as far as your experience or anything you would like to leave them with. I would just like to say, Hello? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. I just say speak out and speak up. That's all I would say. That's my best advice. Thank you so much. Uh, Congratulations on being a mom and being a wife. Um, 
a, a fiancé and really just showing that there is life after bullying. There's life after dealing with issues, regardless of if it goes viral. So with that being said, if you could put your mom back on. All righty. I'm here. Miss Olivia, is there anything that you would like to say to the listening audience? Uh, I just like to tell the, the kids, for one, to be mindful of the things that they say and to do and what they post. You know, uh, they might look at it as being a joke, but to somebody else, you know, it could be a matter of life and death. You know, uh, it's getting to that point. It's gotten to that point that what they think is funny could be something that pushes that individual over the edge. Uh, parents need to be more aware of what their kids are doing on social media and what they're posting. Uh, if you ask your child, let me see your Facebook page or Instagram or Snapchat, and they act like you're asking for the key to the White House, then nine times out of ten, they have something on there they don't want you to see. And that's like a red flag. And parents need to be more and more alert of what they're posting, you know, and the message that they're sending because you never know, you know, because it's so easy for us to say, oh, my child wouldn't do that. You know, that's all parents are like that. We think our kids are angels, and we're quick to say our child wouldn't do that until your child does it. And then you're like, I can't believe it. Well, had had we paid more attention and been more aware of what they were doing, then it would have been believable. So just be mindful of what our kids are posting, what they're doing, who they're socializing with, and do you really know the person that your child hangs with, you know, what type of person is he or she, you know, so kind of be mindful of that. Thank you so much um, for, you know, sharing your thoughts and your time and your story. Uh, Tasha did post the inf- your information for your organization on the page, but if you have any tips or any other information you would like to post, um, please post it there. That way people can, you know, definitely reach out to you because this, this has been an issue probably back from Cain and Abel days, you know, um, but it's just now with social media, it is leading to lifetime consequences and, you know, people are ending their life because once it's out there, that's it. It's out there. Exactly. So definitely, um, you know, we have to it's a it's a huge issue and it needs to be be addressed and of course we can't necessarily stump it out and end it but we can work towards dealing individually with our home and the people we're connected with and then if everybody focuses on that it'll it'll solve the bigger problem exactly so Tasha Thank you so much for being our our guest and our guest host. Is there anything you would like to add before we close out tonight? I would just say as far as a self-esteem standpoint, surround yourself with positive people at all times. Thank you, thank you. Well, this has been a very interesting and enlightening special DYS Surviving bullying. Notice we use the word surviving bullying. Be mindful of how you treat others and how you're being treated. Um, I'm Valencia Griffin-Wallace. Thank you guys for spending your Sunday night 
with us. Please get in touch with Miss Olivia if you have any questions about bullying. You can also get in touch with Tasha um, about bullying and self-esteem. That is her her platform, her specialty, her passion, and her purpose. Um, thank you guys so much for joining us. It, it feels funny having a, a Sunday night DYS next month. We will talk about surviving domestic violence. So stay tuned. We'll make that announcement soon with the dates and time for that show. You are not a, a victim. You could be a victor. You could go past that and survive it. That way you could speak about whatever it is and help someone else. And with that being said, you guys have a great Sunday evening. Thank you to our special guests and all the listeners. Everybody have a great week, and be kind to other people and be kind to yourself. Thank you. Thank you. Good night. Good night.